This Tailgate Society podcast is brought to you by our good friends at Deadeye Premium Barbecue Products. Born in Iowa and made in the heartland, Deadeye is your go-to source for everything barbecue. Sauces, seasonings, you name it. They've made a science out of great grilling flavor. It's more than a sauce. Whether you're cooking sliders, dogs, steak, or chicken, Deadeye has the explosive flavor needed to make every dish delicious. Try a splash of their sweet and smoky original recipe or turn up the heat with their Magnum Edition barbecue sauce. Both flavors are available in seasonings as well as sauces. So pick your favorite and prepare your taste buds for an unforgettable eating experience. Deadeye Premium Barbecue products are available at Fairway, Hy-Vee, Amazon, or at DeadeyeBBQ.com. Happy Thanksgiving week. Um, I'm Emily Jarenka. And I'm Emily Cornell. And we're back for more Sports and Corks. Honestly, Thanksgiving as a week in general and weekend is really a lot of sports and a lot of quirks, I think, for both of us. So yep. <laughs> we're thriving pretty much. <laughs> yes, it's uh, I may very much look forward to Thanksgiving because I know that I can sit on the couch and eat and have like a drink and no one's going to be like, you need to be doing something. At, like, and I just like that. On a Thursday, yes. you know? Yes, <laughs> it's no perfect. Well, yeah, no. And there's not like the pressure of like, Christmas you'd like you're I don't know about you but I get worried that I like get people like a good gift and it's like so stressful and then New Year's I didn't realize New Year's was a stressful holiday because like it's always pretty chill with for me but people are like oh there's like that expectation that it's gonna be this like great event and then it's not and so people their like expectations are just like shattered and I'm like oh don't have expectations yeah also my my thing with christmas is i really don't like wrapping presents and so that's (laughs) always like just kind of looming over my head i'm like oh i gotta wrap these things and i'm bad at it and it just kind of stresses me out it's not something i like buying the presents i like giving the presents don't really like packaging them i feel Uh, that (laughs) (laughs) so anyways we're gonna segue right into college football as we usually do um, first game we'll discuss Penn State at Ohio State. Ohio State takes down the Nittany, Nittany Lions. Ugh, that's a mouthful. Um, <laughs> 28 to 17. Your Buckeyes got the win. I'm sure you're happy about that. I did. It was a good game to watch. Uh, they had a very rough third quarter where I thought Penn State was going to bounce back. Overall, it was probably one of the more fun games to watch this weekend just because both teams looked pretty good. Like I said, Ohio State in the third quarter, not so much, but like Penn State fought through it, even though it was kind of expected for them to not win. And Ohio State did work early. They definitely put in the work in the first half, which helped them when it came to when they kind of stumbled. And it was really wet in Columbus. So everyone was dropping the ball on both sides. So I think in like optimal conditions, it would have been a very, very fun game for like the teams to be playing in as well as everyone watching the game. And then the Ohio state marching band trolling Michigan, getting ready for rivalry week this week was just super fun. Yeah, for sure. Um, And then the next game, Texas at Baylor, the Baylor Bears pulled it together, <laughs> and the Longhorns definitely did not. 
<laughs> the Longhorns had a rough time, and Tom Herman is just pissed, which, like, fair. He went to Ames, lost to Iowa State. He was came back to Austin and thought, yeah, we're going to go up to Waco, and we're going to beat Baylor. I honestly thought that the Texas-Baylor game was going to be a lot more back and forth than it was. Baylor looked stronger the entire game and Texas showed up like they didn't know what football was. It was, I mean, Sam Ellinger, he tried, he would try to run the ball. He's the least graceful runner. I think I've seen in a while where I'm like, ah, you just can't, you can't move. But that was how they were getting yards and Baylor. Baylor is probably going to win the big 12 and Texas Tom Herman's going to have to get it together for Texas, or he will probably be on the hot seat at the end of next season. I think uh, Chris still Conte, the athletic director at Texas Mm -hmm. will give Tom Herman one more year to kind of make all these pieces come together and work and basically make Texas be back or whatever. I don't, see that actually happening i think tom herman should start looking for a new job right now (laughs) yeah it was not pretty i mean baylor definitely looked like the dominant team the entire game (laughs) yeah and that's i thought that they might uh coog it like they did Mm -hmm. against oklahoma and i was watching the texas game with texas fans and i was like well Maybe Texas will come back. Oklahoma did, and they seriously stunned Baylor. And they're like, oh, okay, yeah, maybe that'll happen. That did not happen. Plot twist. Sam Ellinger <laughs> is no Jalen Hurts. So um, Baylor goes on to pick up another W um, to round out a pretty good season on their end. Texas goes on to have a terrible time. The worst of times. The worst of times, but at least, you know, Baylor going into the end of the season might have that, like, give the Big 12 the representation they need, but we'll see what the committee feels. <laughs> A game that the committee absolutely did not care about, <laughs> and that's fine. This is fine. Um, the University of Wyoming Cowboys won the border war. They held CSU to one touchdown. Wyoming won it 17 to seven Friday night. It was freezing in Laramie. My mom is in Greenland and she was like, people looked cold. And I'm like, it was like 30 degrees when the game started. And she's like, yeah, I saw the temperature during the game. Like in the second half, she's like, it was like 10 degrees. I'm like, that was my life, Jen. And now I'm I'm thankful to watch those games from the warmth of my home, but it was good for the Pokes to pick up another W. And then Logan Wilson um, is like a finalist for that Buckus Award that um, I talked about a couple podcasts ago. So he's continuing to do very well and bring recognition to the program, which they need after Josh Allen has been gone for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. And then shifting still uh west coast sports but kind of a surprise definitely a surprise that's a some pac-12 craziness yeah 
<laughs> More chaos. Love it. Oh, my gosh. But, like, I didn't want Oregon to be on the I receiving know. end of the yeah. chaos. Eh, kind of here for it, to be honest. Really? Did you? Why not? I don't know. Oh. I, I, like, I just feel like in general, the Pac-12 this year, like, it's just not their year um, no. for the playoff. And I don't know. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm not really here for it. It's, I, it's I didn't good. hate to see it, I guess. Oh, I did not watch it because that game started at nine yeah. my time. So I, there's no way I was staying awake through it. And one of my friends Sunday morning, I saw him and he was like, yeah, Oregon lost. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> Oregon lost to Arizona state. Like that was a gimme. And he's like, no, Arizona State showed up. <laughs> and I guess Oregon has a hard time playing at Arizona State. Yeah. I did not realize this, but um, yeah, they were telling me about that. I'm like, wow, that's really unfortunate for Oregon to go all season and kind of hold it together. And then Arizona State kind of ruins their playoff hopes very swiftly. Yeah, very much so. Pour one out for the Ducks fans. For sure. So we feel for you right now. We do. Like now the Pac-12, their hope is in Utah. Yeah. And I don't even, I'm not really, I don't know. I don't have a ton of confidence in Utah to, I just feel like nationally, they're just kind of a ho-hum team. That's how they're perceived. Like, I don't think that people really have a ton of respect for them. They, I, I think you're right, and I think they've also flown under the radar this season yeah. because there was so much hype at the beginning of the season for Oregon, Utah, and Washington, mm-hmm. and then Washington kind of um, petered off. <laughs> oof, Washington did. They like lost to Colorado this weekend. Yeah, which is unexpected. It's definitely unexpected. <laughs> <laughs> so that's. They're, they're out of the picture. And then Oregon was looking like the strongest team. They had all the pieces. And then they had a rough weekend. And then Utah, if Utah loses to Colorado this weekend, and they're playing in, like, at Utah. Yeah. That's, that's just a bad time for the Pac-12 altogether. I don't think it'll happen. Uh, I don't either. But... Colorado could be feeling strong this weekend after a win over Washington. <laughs> they could be feeling their oats. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like Mel Tucker might be like, listen, if you all don't get it together, no more bags will be dropped. I will cut you from this team and I will go find new people, which could is be. what he's going to do anyway, because it'll be his second year in the program. So he'll have more of his guys in next year. So Colorado will be probably more competitive next season and for sure in the next couple seasons Colorado will be a force assuming Rick George keeps Mel Tucker around long enough to really grow that program I mean I think he will I I would be sure like he's got to give him a chance I think that he will but I I'm sorry like if you can't be happy with a coach like him who comes from where he comes from (laughs) And has a glowing review from Nick Saban, then I don't know what you're 
I don't know what you're looking for. Like, if you want to be successful, like, he's the type of person you bring in, I feel like. So, I don't know. You're correct. You are, like, you 100% nailed it on the head. But I think I read an article where I was talking to someone who is, um, they were saying that college football coaches aren't really staying in positions very long. Like, people are very quick to dismiss them if they don't see a team rapidly turn around. And... And I kind of see that, like, if Nick Saban hadn't had the success he had at Alabama, he's a phenomenal coach, but they probably would have fired him. And it's hard to, um, it, it's hard for teams to, a lot of teams to immediately see that impact. And like, I can speak from like seeing Wyoming where they looked terrible when Craig Bull first started coaching. And then now they've been bowl eligible the last couple seasons. So Mel Tucker will do that at Colorado. It's just a matter of them letting him stay to go just like, oh, we are just bowl eligible. Or if they, he stays for the years of, okay, we have two or three years of, okay, we have won six or seven games this season. We're bowl eligible versus going eight and four or nine and three. So we'll, we'll see how long they keep him. But I, I agree with you 100% that they, there's no reason for them to get rid of Mel Tucker. He's a quality coach and should do good things with the program. Yeah. I mean, he just needs the time, you know? Um, yeah. And that's yeah. like, it's kind of tough to see when, Certain programs, like, fire a coach because they don't think they're performing well enough. And it's like, well, they've been there for three years or whatever, you know? Like, you can't expect – it's kind of like politics in a way. Like, it's going to take time for administration to transition over, for them to bring in all their own people and, like, create their their program, you know? Um, And it's just – I feel like sometimes schools just keep throwing money away – it's kind of like impulsive shopping. Like, well, yeah, you know, we're not getting exactly what we want. So we're just going to buy this new thing and hope it gives us happiness. Pretty much. <laughs> and then inevitably it doesn't because they're, you didn't give it enough time. Yeah. Yeah. And the pe- a lot of the times the people making those like impulsive decisions are like the board of trustees. I'm sure no athletic director is like, yes, I just want to like, have high turnover of coaches because it's just not good for their department. Right. They're, they're seen as like the leader. People aren't thinking, Oh yeah, there's actually a board of trustees telling the athletic director what to do. They see that and people are quick to come after them next. So yeah, uh, we'll see if they more programs look to stop with the impulsive buying of college coaches. Mm-hmm. But Um, This coming week of college football is rivalry week for a lot of programs, and we have a couple of of games we want to talk about. Not all of the rivalry week games are super intriguing to us, but there are a couple that seem fun, Um, starting with the Ohio State at Michigan for the game. Uh, I assume all the Ohio State social media accounts have 
X'd out all the M's <laughs> in every single th- I love it when they do that. They're so fun. Not only do the social media accounts do that, but like different people within the department, they like lean all the way in. And I love that. I love to see a good rivalry. And so Ohio State's going to work Michigan. <laughs> yeah, pretty sure that'll be the outcome of that one. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, I think I threw it on there just because like, it's so much fun, that yeah. rivalry. But yeah, no, they're, Ohio State is very far ahead of Michigan right now. And then um, Baylor is at Kansas. And yeah, that's there's not like a ton there <laughs> in terms of like what's going to happen. Like it's pretty obvious Baylor's going to win and they will have had their pretty much perfect season for them. And yeah, there's really not a lot there, but that'll be a kind of a fun game just because Kansas has been a wild card this season. Yeah. Um, any given Saturday, as they say. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then my game of the week is Alabama at Auburn. Just love a good SEC matchup Thanksgiving weekend. Expect that game to be very entertaining. So excited oh, for that one. And then Colorado at Utah. Uh, I don't have a ton of faith in Colorado to win this game, but after this past weekend, I feel like they might. the game might be closer um, than we would have imagined a few weeks ago. What are your thoughts on that? I Yeah, I think it'll be a close game, and I expect Utah to like take care of Colorado pretty easily. Yeah. So... It'll be fun to watch. It might be the more fun Pac-12 game to watch this weekend. Yeah, it could be. There's potential for that. And so you said your game of the week is Alabama at Auburn. Yes. Surprising <laughs> no one, my game of the week is Ohio State at Michigan, the game. So college football, we only have a couple. I think this is the last big weekend of it, so kind of enjoy yep. it. Enjoy it while it lasts. And then... Switching gears to college basketball, we have the Maui Invitational Tournament um, coming up. Uh, is it sponsored by someone this year? Does it have an incredibly long name? I'm sure it <laughs> Maybe does. Maybe Maui Gym um, Invitational. Maui Gym Maui Invitational presented by. <laughs> yes, it is the Maui Gym Maui Invitational. Um, we'll probably talk more about like the results of that tournament uh, next week. But so far, the biggest thing that has happened is Virginia Tech taking down Michigan State, um, 71-66. Virginia Tech was not expected to do very well, and Michigan State was definitely projected to do well. Yes, for sure. Interesting. Interesting upset there. Upset, excuse me. (laughs) Struggling over here this week. Uh. Do you want to talk about um, how people are, they have a lot of faith in Carmel Anthony. I don't know. That I would say people have a lot of faith, but it seems like people want him to succeed more than we would have expected. It's <laughs> uh, a good way to put so it. So we ran a couple of polls on our Twitter at Sports Corks. Follow it if you don't already. Um, one of the polls we ran this past week was, um, is the return of Mello for real? 82% of people voted no. And it'll be a flop. <laughs> and that poll got 62 votes. So, like, a decent sample size there. Uh, 
What do you think? Do you think he's going to have a comeback this year or it's going to be the, the no. usual? Yeah, I'm 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 with yeah. you on that. And then <laughs> Yeah, I figured it. What do you figure? I just figured that like he he's just he's back but not like back. back. Yeah. Uh, and then we ran another poll, which was, who would you rather see have a successful comeback this season? The options were IT, and then an arrow up pointing to IT. Is this even a question? <laughs> and then the third option was Mellow. And uh, that poll got 50 votes. 38% of people voted for Mellow. The other 62% went to IT and IT is this even a question basically um I was surprised to see that much support for Carmelo Anthony to be honest I just feel like like he's he's a he's been a good player historically obviously and so people like him because of that but I just feel like as a person he doesn't have the same pull as IT does on people's emotions like I don't know just kind of surprised to see that I agree with you there, but I think that people for so long, they've been pulling for him like for so long where they're like, I, he has to be eventually <laughs> the person we could root for and rally around. Yeah. Maybe that's it. Maybe you're onto something there. People love a good story to just make them feel like, yes, I am validated in supporting this player. Yeah. A redemption story, even if it's not a player that you're super excited to see have redemption. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see what happens with Melo. Stay tuned for the NFL this weekend. The Cowboys played the Patriots and it was, I think it was the most viewed game of the season. And then it definitely had more than just the highest viewership of this season. It was the highest ratings of any NFL regular season game for the last 12 years. Wild insane that like the whole state of texas isn't supporting the dallas cowboys (laughs) i'm gonna throw that out of here now like people are not all cowboys fans and there is no way just people from the northeast are fans of the patriots to like cause this to be the most watched game there were people at church yesterday all in cowboys jerseys and i was like wow um you're getting real dressed up for them to lose to the patriots And we all know I'm not a Patriots fan, but the Patriots have been doing a lot better this season than the Cowboys. Yeah, you could definitely say that. (laughs) That was just a weird game. It's it's a weird game. It's two very well liked fan bases or teams like the fan bases are super, super into the teams. Two very disliked fan bases, but. Yeah. <laughs> Two fan bases that are super into their teams. <laughs> but yes. And watches like the Cowboys probably aren't going to the Super Bowl. And the Patriots, I hope they don't go to the Super right. Bowl. But I bet this I bet this game like had more eyes on it than the Super Bowl will in February. Not like of course the ratings will show that like people are watching the Super Bowl because people have Super Bowl yeah. parties, right? But, like, they just want to have a reason to have a party. Mm -hmm. Like, I just want another reason to sit and eat nachos all afternoon. (laughs) So I think more people were excited, like, genuinely excited to watch this game than the Super Bowl that we will witness in February. Maybe. I might not watch it. I might just sit and eat snacks again and ignore it again. 
Yeah. How do you feel about the halftime show that's been announced? I thought it was an interesting selection. Yeah. Of Jennifer Lopez, who I have nothing against Jennifer Lopez, but I'm just like, this is an odd selection for the Super Bowl. What about you? What do you think? Um, yeah, I kind of agreed. I mean, it, I guess it fits like, um, it fits the theme of the Super Bowl, I guess, um, just based on location, but I'm more so excited for Shakira than Jennifer Lopez. I'm not going to lie. That's fair. So. It'll be a good show. I think it'll be one of the better ones, but it just is not what I expected. Yeah, me neither. Seemed kind of out of left field a little bit. If they had gotten Billie Eilish, I would have been like, Ugh. what is happening? Yikes. Yikes. Oh. Not a fan. <laughs> oh. oh, that's a that's a hot take. Yes. <laughs> People love Billie Eilish. It's not my hot take of the week, though. <laughs> I know. So what is your hot take of the week if it is not Billie Eilish? Uh, I think hands down the worst Thanksgiving dish is anything having to do with sweet potatoes. I know a lot of people really enjoy sweet potatoes with the marshmallow on top, you know, all brulee and whatever. I just really, and the only kind of sweet potatoes I like are sweet potato fries. And I only like them when there's like a good amount of salt on them and I can dip them in some sort of like a fry sauce because you just need like a lot of salty kind of stuff to tone down the sweet. Whereas with like sweet potatoes at Thanksgiving, it's always accompanied by sweetness, you know, the marshmallows or uh, like sometimes people just make them with like nutmeg and cinnamon, you know, whatever. And I'm just ugh. It's like, no, thanks. I won't be putting that on my plate. Wow. <laughs> I did not know this about you in life. That is amazing. And I love potatoes. Like I, my family makes fun of me because if potatoes are part of a meal, I will like, a third of my plate will just be filled with potatoes. And they're like, are you going to eat something else? And I'm like, I'm good with just like half a pound of potatoes, but you know, whatever. You're just carb loading. Yeah, exactly. As I do. <laughs> I support that. I would love to do Thanksgiving with you. Then I, more sweet potatoes for me. You can have, I love mashed potatoes, but like, I love a bowl of sweet potatoes. Oh, all and right. when people don't like them, I'm like, we got more for me. Yep. <laughs> When I was a kid, they were always, like, gone when we had Thanksgiving leftovers because we all liked to eat sweet potatoes. That's so funny. <laughs> and we always had, like, a ton of stuffing leftover mm. and, like, obviously turkey yeah. and mashed potatoes. But, like, two bites of sweet potato uh, and a lot of cranberry sauce was leftover. And my parents, like, my stepfather would make two different kinds of cranberry sauce. He'd make, like, a cranberry relish and he'd make a cranberry sauce and he's like, people have to like one or the other and i'm like cranberry sauce and this is my thanksgiving themed hot take of the week cranberry sauce has no business being at the meal and like not even not only that like when people are like i want to show up with a can of cranberry oh. sauce i'm like why are you living like we live in a communist country you don't have to have fruit out of a can here you can go buy cranberries for the same like cost as a can of that weird gel yeah. stuff that just reminds me, um, my dad would like usually take my brother and I, we would volunteer at a soup kitchen around Thanksgiving time. And it just makes me think of the cranberry sauce they would serve there where it's just like, like it's taken out of the can and you can still see all the markings from like the rings of the can. Gross. It's like, ooh, like this should not, 
like keep its form like that. That's not natural. No. no. Yeah. I'm I'm with you on that. Like I the only time I really use cranberry sauce, it's actually usually like at breakfast after Thanksgiving's do like a roll and put like a little bit of butter on it and warm it up and then put some cranberry sauce on it. That's like the only really time that I use that. I'll put it on turkey. Mm, give it a little more flavor because it's turkey's just hard to I don't like no matter what you do do a turkey I feel like it's always still just kind of meh oh I love turkey oh maybe my family <laughs> doesn't cook turkey right I don't know I mean I don't I think everyone does it differently and my parents would like wrap the turkey in bacon when it they put it on the grill for the day mm. and I was really excited for the bacon at the end of the day and also the turkey because I like the turkey and I like the stuffing a lot. I just like put a little bit of cranberry sauce. Like when this is like leftovers, like when it's game time on Thanksgiving day, I cannot be bothered by the cranberry sauce. But when it's like after and I'm like, oh, we're reheating this turkey. We're reheating this stuffing. I'm basically making a sandwich out of it. I'll put the cranberry sauce on it. But like only if it's like the bougie cranberry <laughs> sauce my parents gave me, I would never with the can like canned cranberry goo. Yeah, that's... Get out here. Get off my Thanksgiving table. Yep. Yep. It's banished. Um, <laughs> so now that we know what we're going to like avoid Thanksgiving Day, what wine are you pretty excited to be drinking for the holidays? Ooh. Um, well, my favorite, um, one of my favorite like kind of Thanksgiving wines is just a, it's a pretty basic red blend. Um, it's called Love Noir Satin Red. It's just like a California red blend, but it's like got lots of good fruit flavors like raspberry. And then this like supposedly has a coffee tone as well, but I really like it. Um, I don't think it's too heavy, so you might even like it. Um, What about you? What are you going to be having with your turkey meal? So this weekend when I was watching the Texas game, I did a cheese board and wine Mm, for the game watch with my roommate and some friends. And we had this red blend. It was a Trader Joe's pick. So there have been times I've gotten Trader Joe's wines and I have not been impressed. <laughs> but it was called Wildflower. It or Wishflower, sorry. I wanted it to be Wildflower. It's Wishflower. And it is a red blend. And it was just like very easy to drink. And I feel like often like Trader Joe's wines, like especially if you go with like the hella cheap ones they are like really acidic at the end but it was good it was a good solid red blend it was like what i want in the colder weather it wasn't cold it was 70 degrees (laughs) but (laughs) i still wore a sweater i'm still a little chilled yeah so i'll probably have that at thanksgiving because i'll be having friends in town and we'll have a variety of wines that sounds lovely yes Tis the season. Yes, it's very exciting. But do you have any personal plugs coming up this week? We're going to be putting out probably a lot of good bigger than sports content on the Sports and Corks Twitter account because it is um, the season of giving for the NBA and each league has their own holiday themed kind of content where they're putting out these Nice, heartwarming stories about good things that teams and players are doing in the community. Um, So in order to get in on the holiday spirit, if you don't follow Sports and Corks on Twitter yet, you should do that. 
that's at sports corks and um we got a couple of new ratings all five stars so thank you for those who did that last week like we asked um just want to throw that out there and then uh what do you have for personal plugs uh the usual go listen to tailgate society pods uh we're putting out good content and it's fun it's fun content and you're going to be driving places. You're going to be flying places. You're going to be sitting in airports. You're mm-hmm. going to want to like kind of avoid the uncomfortable line of questioning from family members. <laughs> listen to those podcasts. Listen to our podcast. But like, obviously, you're listening to us right now. So go listen to those other ones. Um, like I said, really good stuff from crossing the aisle to drunk dialing to stuff and things. Um, there's just a wide array of what you can be engaging with there and then we will be doing a holiday dating episode mid-december so send funny stories um and like red flag deal breakers that are holiday themed such as they run 5ks the morning of the holiday for some people that might be a deal breaker for others that's ideal so send funny stuff like that um just as we're getting ready for the holiday season you'll be back in your car again and in an airport so you need something funny to listen to you might as well have contributed to the funny yes you don't have to listen to the screaming baby in row five also since it's the holidays tell your friends and family about sports and corks if you enjoy it and if it's something you think they would enjoy just in the holiday spirit of giving give us a plug and give people something they'll enjoy listening to and for us like your gift to us in this wonderful holiday season is uh, rate, review, subscribe, <laughs> tell a homie. Like, I know you have friends that should probably be listening. Everybody needs a an all-around sports podcast that's funny and gives you food recommendations, wine recommendations. We are an all-inclusive podcast. You should be telling friends about us. Many topics are covered. So, yeah, it's it's good for everyone. Speaking of podcasts that are good, do you want to talk about one that is back? Oh, yes. Okay, our favorite people, Mark Titus, Tate Frazier, have started a new podcast on their own, I believe. I don't think it's associated with any media company. I don't think so. It seems like they are producing it themselves. Which is great. Um, So they're back with a new basketball basketball program. What am I talking about? Basketball podcast. I swear this has not been my week. I'm sorry. Um, So we're very excited about that. Um, You know, it's just a great gift to us all this holiday season. They have, um, they just have really good banter. And um, while doing that, they also cover great content where they're talking in depth about the sport, but in a funny way. Definitely go check that out. When you, for your college basketball needs, because we'll talk about college basketball Um, I don't think we will go as like, they will talk for literally an hour and a half about Mick Cronin. So (laughs) we won't, I'm going to throw that out here now. Like we just don't have that much to say, um, to fill up that amount of time. But if you're a a big college basketball person, definitely check out that podcast. Yes, we will Um, definitely plug that. Also plugging the Denver Broncos for their holiday efforts. Um, Thanksgiving 
Um, the Denver Broncos offensive line recently volunteered at the Denver Rescue Mission and uh, at one of their community centers. And um, they prepared Thanksgiving dinner for a thousand homeless people in the Denver community, which is pretty incredible. That is a lot of people at a lot of meals to prepare. Mm-hmm. Probably it took is. them a lot of time. So love to see that kind of stuff. We really do. If you see any really good bigger than sports moments like that, send them to us. We know that especially going into the holiday season, there are going to be so many and we love them. They are our favorite seg. Like this is our favorite segment. And so um, send us all the good things you see people doing um, to become a bigger community and show that it's, it's all bigger than sports. Yeah, and we'll include a link to one of the videos that the Broncos put out where they um, kind of went more in depth into what, you know, what that experience meant to the players and stuff. Uh, teams have great digital folks who work for them, and uh, they do a great job of sharing these stories uh, in a way that is more than what we can just discuss on a podcast. So definitely check those videos out and we link them in the episode description. Yes. And that's all I've got this week. What about you? That's all I've got. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Stay safe. Drink wine. Emily and Emily, sports and court.